you know. And it became even more convicting because I think I heard the testimony of my father sharing that, you know, he, he's not a Christian because of X, Y, Z. You know, what so-called Christians have done. And I think for me, that's where the Lord just like, you know, you could talk about it and you could say you are, but to live it and to shine a light that people could see, not just here, but where people could see, that's life changing. That's me. Today's Playground segment explores a testimony of self-conviction and faith. If you were to stand in front of a judge or jury, is there enough evidence to incriminate you for being a follower of Christ? Hello, and welcome to Plays on Word Radio, where we discuss, analyze, work, and play on the Word of God. Thank you for joining us on this excursion today. Let's join Pastor Teddy, also known as Fred David Kenny Jr., the founder of Plays on Word Theater, as he does a deep dive into the Word of God. All right. Amen. Thank you very much, Katie Kenny and Josh Taylor. My name is Fred David Kenny Jr. Welcome to Plays on Word Radio. That clip that you heard was from an interview with my dear brother, Richie Cancel, and his wife, Sarah Cancel. Richie's the uh, senior pastor at Calvary Life Church in New York. We had the opportunity to go up there, and he was one of the uh, early supporters of Plays on Word. And um, yeah, we, so we did an interview there so we're gonna go right to the playground section check out this interview i bet you guys are gonna be blessed we are here at calvary life in brooklyn yeah with uh richie and sarah cancel and um you guys are the head shepherd overseer here tell me how did you uh how did you how did you end up in this building because i know it's a good story so well we were in this awkward position for a moment where we were too too big for a living room but too small to get a space so we were just praying for a while and we saw every sunday you know different families would show up different families would not be there kind of like being a shuffled around um, and it wasn't a necessity because during the summer we would be in the parks so it was a great opportunity just to be out in the community out in the neighborhood uh, and to be out in the sun because everything was shut down too. So and, and it was it's, good to be outside. And it's true, the days that um, we were in a house, you know, who was sick and who couldn't make it so they would be on Zoom. And it always worked out that we had just enough seats. So technically, if everyone showed up, we, we, we didn't have room for everybody. But it always worked out Sunday, up until the point where we finally had a spot. Sunday after Sunday, we had just, just enough room for whoever would show so we prayed for two summers. We were just back and forth in the house, in the park, or even in the backyard uh-huh. um, at different yep. times. Uh, and I came across, I saw a brother, uh, Scott Schwartz, from Life in the Messiah. Uh-huh. And I told him, you know, our situation and the testimony of what God was doing. And he, he, he paused me, then he sent a text. And then the text became a phone call. And then from... Within five, ten minutes of conversation with him, uh, we had a meeting to meet up with Chosen People Ministries here in Brooklyn, which is in our backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about five minutes away. Mm-hmm. We live five minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a great opportunity. Um, 
the real estate is just ridiculous, you know, yeah. like right around the block from my house, they were asking $3,000 a month for a thousand square feet. Yeah. So. Yeah. There was legitimately asking that, like, legitimate, serious like, face. Yes, oh, yeah. serious face. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and there was, you know, it was a side by side. So there was two spaces available. So it would have been 2,000 square feet for $6,000 yeah. a month. Yeah. Um, and basically, obviously, all the doors would no, <laughs> absolutely no. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even some places that, not that we would have been able to afford it. They just said when they heard it was a church, mm. they said no. They said no. Yeah. So it was That's just flat out. We don't rent to churches. If you want to buy my building, I'll sell it you to could, you. I'll sell it to you. That's a trend right now. It's really happening yes. a lot. Mm -hmm. So so that was the situation we were for about a year and a half. You know. So wait, let me ask a question. You said you're. You're meeting in the parks, like your Sunday service. Sunday be, service. Yes. Let's meet over at the park at that's 10 o'clock right. in the morning. Mm -hmm. yeah. God bless you, man. That's, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. That's first yeah. century right yeah. there. Yeah, and it was so beautiful because it, it brought the church outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, people were able to look in without feeling intimidated, you know, and some people got really close because they saw a bunch of a group of mixed ethnicity and they thought we were another organization. And next thing you know, they're hearing about uh, Matthew and his life and Luke and, you know, and, and sh the gospel was being shared. And then you also had a lot of people that were walking past that were from very large churches and they were discouraged and they were hungry and their churches were closed. They couldn't gather. Um, so then they were walking by and they can hear the worship and um, they're like, wait a minute, is that worship music? Wait a minute, is he teaching the word? And we prayed with so many different people. Mm, so many different people. Got Just, his hand on I maybe I never saw them, you know, maybe ever again. One woman in particular that comes to mind, she was walking by, pushing as a stroller, she's a grandmother, and um, she looked very heavy-hearted, and she stopped, and she listened, and she realized that we were a group of believers who had gathered. Um, I asked her, do you need prayer for anything? She says, I do. My grandson has been diagnosed with leukemia, and it doesn't look good for him. Mm. And so I said, this one? She says, no, the, another one. He said, you know, he has treatments. He's with his mom's with him. And, and so we prayed. And she'd seen us a few other times. I think she prayed with a few other ladies, too. Because we, we would, people would kind of stand back, and if people would walk by and eat prayer, they'd make themselves available. And I got to see her last summer, and she shared that her he was completely healed. And it just, um, being out in the park provided that opportunity to make ourselves available to the world. Like, it was just really, really amazing experience. Yeah. So humbled by it. No, praise God. And during the week, you know, we had home groups at diners and cafes and in the park at different parks and, and that's first century, different homes. That is first century mm -hmm. church right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no yeah, but that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. wow. um, and that's what we saw, you know, is something God was doing that was so old, but he was doing it in a new and fresh way. Yeah. Mm. And people's hearts were like being reintroduced to the church in a different way. And that's what I believe the city needs mm. yeah. just a new introduction to the church you know uh, this is like the borough of churches mm -hmm. but the churches are disconnected from its own communities mm -hmm. uh, so we do family nights once a month where you know just outings and different things where any family comes so you know our church is small and growing but you know from month to month uh, the Lord brings a lot of people through our doors in different ways not on Sunday service maybe a home group 
maybe a family night out, bowling, mm -hmm. uh, or the Jesus Revolution movie, mm -hmm. different ways the Lord has brought a lot of people in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the Lord opened up the door through Scott Schwartz for this space. And um, the partnership with Chosen People Ministry has really been a blessing. Yeah, they, were, had been, um, they had been praying for a Gentile congregation. I think we were told about eight years. Um, that was pro-Israel and that taught through the Bible mm -hmm. um, to kind of co-labor with them to be able to use the space on a Sunday. <laughs> when I got pictures from Richie, like, you know, I was like, this looks too good to be true. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't, I, I almost couldn't get myself, let myself get excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, why aren't you excited? <laughs> I was like, Cause it, uh, how much, <laughs> you know? What? But, um, but the Lord is just, he's blessed us above and beyond. And, um, and it was it was loaded. I mean, it, you, you had pulpit, chairs, everything's ready to go. You didn't have to. Yep. It was like God prepared it for you. Yeah. Sound, audio, everything. Yeah. It's just yeah. walking. Oh, the AV was there to everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. We, we added signs Couple. that said Calvary Life. Oh, my God. This is what we bring to the table. Yeah. So, okay. That's it. I, I, I got a question, though. Um, and I always ask this um, How did you meet Jesus? Oh, that's kind of a long story. Knew of God as a, as a young child, always had an awe and a respect and a fear from Him. Um, had some sort of religious background, upbringing. Um, but when I was eight years old, my parents had separated. And I remember that was really when I cried out to the Lord. And when I was nine, my neighbor, my Christian neighbor, who I wasn't really, we weren't two good friends, but she was friendly. And she uh, invited me to church, and that was Calvary Chapel South Bay. And um, I went in, and I went into the room, and I still to this day, I can't tell you what the, it was midweek service. It was an evening service or a Sunday night service. I don't know, but it was evening, and it was dark. Um, I can't tell you what she taught. I can't tell you what she said. I just remember feeling this liquid sunshine joy of the Lord that I'd never experienced ever. And I remember coloring something. And I wanted to go back, and my mom said, no, you went once, that's enough. And um, fast forward, I met this, this man here, and uh, he was backslidden when I met him, and I was not interested in the things of God, and we did our own thing for about a year or two. And um, <laughs> one day he says, by the way, I'm a Christian. I said, no, you're not, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, really, I'm a Christian. Amen. And I was like, no, you're really not. <laughs> and uh, he starts telling me how he had walked away from the Lord and, and he's now rededicated his life. And, and if I would just, again, give God a chance and, and study and sh sh look through the word. And um, I was like, no, I did that, done. And you're a liar and I don't know you. And <laughs> fast forward, the Lord definitely did work on my heart. Um, and we had broken up and we stayed broken up for a very long time. But about a good year later, um, I, he invited me to something that they would have at South Bay called a harvest. And he's like, he says it's, it'll be a, a bunch of friends and things like that. Um, but he invited me to a Bible study too before that. Um, and we argued we argue about that even now because I said, you did not invite me to a Bible study. You invited me to a party. He goes, no, I told you it was a Bible study. No, because if you did, I would not have gone. You invited me to a party. It was a Bible study. <laughs> so... I get there and there's all these people. It was a it was a college and career group, and everybody was just uh, super joyful and happy and very inviting. 
And uh, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll play the part. I'll, when it comes to my turn, I'll pray. I can pray, not a big mm-hmm. deal. Well, I was just flooded with the Holy Spirit in such a way that all I could do was sob. Mm. And I remember feeling so embarrassed, like, because it was so powerful. I'd never been overcome that way, um, where the Lord was keeping me humble. And he's like, well, you're not going to fake this. You're not going to ruin this moment. And I was fighting him. And um, anyway, I I felt, again, the Lord was pulling me in. And... um, then we got in the car. I'm like, you lied. You said it was a party. <laughs> Take me home. I'm so mad at you. I love it. Um, and then fast forward, he goes, it really is a party this time, mm-hmm. um, the harvest. And come out, you know, the people that you met at that Bible study will be there. You know everybody. You said you liked them. You said they were nice. And uh, honestly, I was bored. I had nothing else to do. And I said, all right, I'll go. He's like, yeah, we'll pick you up. Uh, Pastor Dennis will come pick you up and a group of us will come and get you and at that point I was a little annoyed because I wasn't used to this accountability of being together mm-hmm. it was like why aren't you picking up or I can drive myself he's like no 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 we'll come and get you and we'll all go together um, so we get there and again Holy Spirit and I'm looking I'm like I've been here before <laughs> I've been here before now I don't know if you guys have ever been to South Bay but it is not on a main road, it's not in the main community. It's like, it is off in the industrial area of the city. And at that point it was kind of like, you know, not even as built up as it is now. So you really have to know where you're going to get there. It's um, not residential, there's no people. So it's not a church that you would just stumble on again. And um, anyway, I get there and I, I look at him and I'm like, I've been here before. Mm. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, you don't understand. I've been here before. Yeah. And I kind of separated myself from him and the group and I started walking through the, the buildings at the time. Um, actually, it's not their current location. It was on the place they were renting before they are now. But um, I started walking through the buildings and, and a woman came up to me and she's like, can I help you? Because I was now away from where mm-hmm. like the, 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 the scene was, right? The party was going and the celebration was. And I said... I said, I'm just remembering. I'm like, I've been here before. She's like, you were in one of these rooms? I said, yeah. She's like, you must have been very young. I'm like, I was. It was third third grade. And um, she said, wow. She's like, well, the Lord brought you back. It had been 10 years um, since I had been there. That, to me, was a special gift because now I knew that the Lord was calling me. He just happened to be a little prop Mm -hmm. to help me push me in the direction that the Lord was calling me in and then at that point um, I did start reading the scriptures for myself I did start seeking out the Lord for myself Um, and we still were not an item we were not we were not dating I found a group of women young ladies who were on fire who loved the Lord who wanted to go through the word so any day that the church's doors were open, I was there. I was getting myself there with my own car. Didn't need, didn't need any help. Um, and I was there. And they, at that time, it was like four services on a Sunday, three in the morning, one in the evening. The evening service was different than the morning, so I'd be there in the morning. I'd be there in the evening, midweek, and then that core group of women that we were, ladies, that we, we, were, we were in our 20s now at this point, I guess. Um, we'd gather, there was like six or eight of us, and ask each other hard questions and uh, really develops that discipleship, accountability kind of thing. Like, what do you want in life? Do you want to get married? What are your finances? Are you totally giving yourself to God in all things? And um, I think that's where I grew the most on an intimate level, to walk right, 
mm-hmm. and then being fed the word of God. You know, Pastor Steve was really good at going through the word. And, and then we were part of um, College and Career Group as a bigger unit. And then just finding myself so naturally pouring out and, and welcoming others and, and wanting to see them grow. Um, it just became a part of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, Amen. yeah. Sorry, that was that's all no, that's awesome. Then I thought I was going to go. No, that's awesome. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> How did you meet Jesus? Will you say yeah. Okay. So, so the Lord had been working on you throughout your life. He had been yeah. He yeah. had. He and, had. And he gives you rope and lets you, yeah. let you do your thing. Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. That's a great testimony. Thank you. Yeah. How about you, man? Uh, well, I grew up in, in New York. Um, I had an uncle who would take me to church here and there, but I didn't really get involved or I didn't understand it when I was younger. You know, I just knew it was definitely a church. I moved to California for high school. Uh, that's where we met. Uh, but before, right before we met, I started going to a church, Calvary Chapel, South Bay. My, my stepmother was like, this kid needs church. So, you know, if, if I didn't move to California, I probably would have dropped out of high school, college, you know, just it would have been very short, uh, lived life in one sense. But when I got to California um, and I was introduced to this ministry, my, my coming to Jesus was slow. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, being around people, uh, being around the family, uh, the youth ministry and the pastors. And, and it was all a bunch of men. So it was very one on one, small group. We would go to, you know, I remember going to uh, they had a house where, you know, a halfway house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people who were, gave their life to the Lord. Um, in prison, would stay at this house as they acclimated into society and stuff like that. And so I remember being around that and just, I think it was just a very slow, but yeah, I, 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 want, I believe in Jesus and I knew my life was, you know, not right without him. Uh, then there was a season where I backslid, you know, I just walked away. Um, and that's when I met Sarah. And that was where her story started in a sense, you know, like, that you know she met me and she called me a liar because a few years later I you know had a, another come to Jesus like really surrendered moment um, I went to a retreat and it was just like you know here's you here's God and there's stuff in between you need to get rid of that you know and work was one thing and my relationship with Sarah was another and you know it you know but the Lord took this you know uh, this kid from a hedonistic home you know, in Brooklyn, and so he took me from, you know, New York to California. I got saved and um, had my ups and downs, but a little bit later on, a couple of years of college, um, just the Lord got a hold of my heart, you know, and uh, that's when we got engaged and the Lord challenged us to move back to New York and mm. things like that. So that was in, in between 93 when we first met all the way up to 98 when we got engaged and got married in 2000. All right. That's awesome. You had your hand at the plow since. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is a, yeah. that's a good testimony right there. I think, um, what made you tell her that you were a Christian? That's what I'm curious about. And she was like, no, you're a liar. <laughs> uh, I, and, and to her and to my friends, I was, you know, I, what prompted that? Um, it was, it was the move, you know, of, of God in my heart, 
when we had a retreat, you right. know, went away to this Florida was weekend. This retreat. was that retreat. Oh, okay, okay. So and, you came uh, back on fire. I came back, and, and you're like, I'm a Christian, and you're like, different. no, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and it, it it brings that idea, you know, like if you were to stand before a judge and witnesses, would would there be enough evidence yeah. to incriminate you for being a Christian, for being a Christ follower? Right. You know, and and I knew for my life that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. You know, and it became even more convicting because I think I heard the testimony of my father sharing that, you know, he, he's not a Christian because of X, Y, Z, you know, what so-called Christians have done. And I think for me, um, that's where the Lord just like, you know, you could talk about it and you could say you are, but to live it and to shine a light that people could see, not just here, but where people could see, that's life changing. That's meaningful. What you guys have done, your your testimony of faith, is something that no one can take from you. Which is mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. You know, you can you can say, yeah, you know, we met in a park with the, with a fellowship in the midst of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't even know where we were going. We just felt the Lord's call, and we were being faithful to that call. That type of stuff. Other believers are strengthened by that. They look mm-hmm. at that and they're like, "Wow, they they really they really believe what they're saying." Mm-hmm. They're not just they're not just preaching it. They're they're living it, and that gives people courage. I relate to that because mm-hmm. I've had people come up to me and say, "Oh, what you and Katie are doing, you know, following the Lord." And I I don't think of it as anything special. I'm just like, you know, this is what He's telling me to do. I'm going to do it. But other people do look at us as leaders, and whether good or bad, they look at us and they examine us to see if. Are they really trusting God? Or is there an ulterior motive plan going on? Or are they really trusting God? Mm-hmm. And you guys have displayed that you're you're really trusting me. Like, you know what? Let's let's meet in the, we're gonna meet in the park. The Lord's calling us out for fellowship right now. You know, we're we're gonna meet and we're gonna be, you know, it's he doesn't give us all the information we need. If he did, that would diminish how much faith. faith. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and and to him, faith is faith is what it's impossible to please God without faith. I almost said to him, it's worth more than gold, but it's really for us. The faith is worth more than gold for us because of the result of it. God can care less about gold. I mean, mm-hmm. it's whatever gold. Who cares? But faith is is a, is real importance, and you guys express that. That's really cool. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, any question, Katie Kenny? Do you have any question for him? Yeah. Um, what's your heart now for the future community and, and what you're doing here, what you've started to build here in Brooklyn? Where's... And say where you are. Give the address for the people listening. Well, online, it's calvarylife.nyc. Uh, in Brooklyn, uh, Sunday services are at the Chosen People Ministry Building, 1974 Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. And during the summers, we're in the Marine Park. Nice. So we're there for the summer. We've had, you know, three summers in the park. Mm. And I think only one summer was, there was a couple of rainy days. But two summers have been perfectly clear. It was awesome. Um, home groups you started? So this? home groups, we, we do in different neighborhoods throughout Brooklyn. Brooklyn's broken up into like 35 neighborhoods. So our vision, our goal is to have a Bible teaching home group in every neighborhood. Where, That's something we can where we would have so, so yeah, our home groups. groups yeah um, so we have 
We've done them in different places, you know, Carroll Gardens, uh, Marine Park, Bay Ridge, and Sheepshead Bay, Sunset Park. Um, Sunset Park, just a lot of different neighborhoods. And the Lord, the Lord opens doors and he closes doors. Mm -hmm. But the main idea is that, you know, we would plant Bible teaching home groups in every neighborhood. So that is, that's really our vision, that's our heart. I, I'd like to see one walking distance to every home. Yeah, you know? well that's something we can, we can pray, pray about. You know, people don't know what to pray sometimes. It's like, I can pray for Calvary Life. Mr. and Mrs. Cancel, uh, we thank you for being on Plays on Word Radio. Um, is there anything that we could pray for you guys for? Provision? Yeah. Um, because, you know, Richie is a, he has a full-time tent-making job. He is a teacher, and he's just taken on another full-time teaching job. And so to do that, and to be a church planter, and to be a pastor, and then you tack on husband and father of five, it, it is a lot. Um, I know that the Lord has been carrying us, has been carrying him, um, and definitely strengthening strengthening us through this, but it is hard. I get it. Um, so prayer for provision in that sense. All right, there we go. Thank you for being on Plays on Word Radio. Yes, and thank you for listening to Plays on Word Radio. We're out of time, but until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This program was made possible by the Plays on Word family of supporters. To find out more, check out our website at playsonword.org.